Welcome back to Smell You Later. Hey. Hello. We're happy you're back. We're happy to be here. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, if you're still here, thanks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for giving a fuck. Yes, and for all your lovely feedback. We appreciate it. Yeah. So, what do you smell like today, Tynan? I... Shit, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go first? Okay. Sybil, what do you smell like today? I smell like... Yves Saint Laurent black opium I don't know why I just got stuck in my head probably from you mm-hmm. your influence that I've just been chasing down fragrances with coffee notes in them dude I fuck with coffee notes so hard you love it I know and I'm I'm very judgy with gourmands and I'm like you know what I'm pretty sure there's a gourmand out for me and I just have to find the notes that speak to me and I think coffee is one of them so black opium immediately came to mind it's just known to have coffee I don't know known to who who knows me now <laughs> and now you so spritzed it all over myself and this is like this is from the get like not a fragrance i would probably pick out for myself generally but having experienced it now i'm like oh she's a slow burner Mm -hmm. i get it from the first spritz it's it's very vanilla-y it's very white florals it's a warm spicy one and it smells like i work at a bb and (laughs) i just (laughs) You know, like my acrylics are always on point and Same. yeah, she, she smells, she smells like a, like that girl. And then I was like, I don't know. Am I, am I her? Like, I don't know. And then it, it dries down and then it's so much warmer and then you get so much more of the cedar and the patchouli and the coffee that comes out and it smells like a leather jacket and an expensive nightclub where everyone's perfume is kind of co-mingling together. So you just end up with this velvety, smoky, sweet scent by the end of the night. It's so, it's real good. Girl, that sounds good. And I get it now. And then when I look them up, I'm like, wow, you guys have like a bajillion flankers, all of which sound very similar to one another. But this, I get why people like it now. And I like it now. Is that only from 2014? Yeah. Damn. I know. It's more crazy. It's newer than I thought. I think also the fact that Zoe Kravitz was the face of the scent in the campaign like convinced me. I was like, I like Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz is like, you know, like everyone has like those celebrities. Like when they do stuff, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah. I smelled it on you and I love it. I actually didn't know that Black Opium was based around coffee and now I'm enraged. <laughs> so I am going to reach out to YSL. write an angry letter. Yeah. I mean, they sent me two cents today and so they're about to send me a few more, it sounds like. <laughs> um, no, it's gorgeous. Tynan, what do you smell like today? Well, I smell like the new fragrance by Giorgio Armani, My Way. My word. And I wish that I didn't. Um, <laughs> Regrets. I, I, okay, so before... It was not your way. Let me put that into context. I... Okay, you know what? Actually, <laughs> I don't know. This is not a fragrance for me. And I'm not saying it's a bad fragrance. And as I say that, having written about beauty on the internet for eight or nine years... People are very critical and it's like, if you like a product, then, you know, you're getting paid by the brand. Mm. And if you, you know, say that a product is good, but it's not for me, then like you're afraid of getting kicked off the PR list. There's all this like, and you should be critical, of course, but you know, it's just not for me and that's okay. It's like, of course. Giorgio Armani is personal, right? Giorgio Armani doesn't give a shit about me and he doesn't know who you are. Exactly. He doesn't know who we are. And you know, is he alive? I I don't know. I don't know. Isn't it? Didn't they do an American crime story about him? I think in Versace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Different guy. All that to say that, like, 
no one owes their career to a box of free product and I've gotten PR for 10 years and it's not made me any happier <laughs> or any more successful or any richer. And You're here. here we are. Can't um, pay rent and perfume samples. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, this is another one of those fragrances that is a pretty sizable launch this fall. This one, it was sort of what I expected it to be. And that is okay. In that it's just not my favorite. At the top, there's bergamot, uh, orange blossom in the middle. There is tuberose and jasmine, and at the base, it's cedar, white musk, and vanilla, and that yeah. That sounds lovely. It sounds like it smells. I mean, it's not bad. It's just, You're going to smell like an ant, you know? I, <laughs> I definitely smell like all my ants, which I'm... is fine. Like, they smell really good. I just don't really want to smell like them, and that's okay. Oh. I thought you meant ant as in the bug, and I was like, oh. I've never smelled an ant. <laughs> <laughs> so obscure, but also something I would definitely say. Um so yeah, I would say if it sounds nice to you, you should definitely go out and smell it because I love a lot of the Armani collection. I love Sunday Gioa. Obviously, I love Imperial Armani for women. It's like one of my all-time favorites. Uh, this just isn't that. And I, yes, that is, oh, sorry about that rant in the middle of it. But I just like, <laughs> do you know what I mean though? You get that. Yeah. You're just like, oh yeah, that's not me. It's like, Wrong number. I don't like talking badly about products because there are so many products sure. that I do like that it's like, why would I waste time You can say time something's not for you yeah. without judging it. I'm not dragging. You know, you want to talk about a fragrance I don't like, just send me a text. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's all. So imagine if I ever shut up. Um, so who do we have on today, Sable? Oh I'm so gosh. excited. We have the dudes from Hawthorne, Philip Wong and Brian Jung. And their names rhyme. And I didn't mean them to, but they just do. <laughs> I can't help that. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm super excited. They graciously agreed to be guests on our podcast. We have both been fans of them yeah. for quite a Years. while. I think since the uh, since the collection launched. Yeah. I wrote about them on Exovane. I wrote about them, I think, on Exovane. Yeah. I don't R.I.P. Know. I know. Pour one out. But they have like one of the more unique fragrance concepts out there. They do. I'm sure we'll get into it in yes. the episode, but uh, to quickly bottle up, bottle it up for you. Oh my God. <laughs> um, they started out with fine fragrance. They have since moved into the body category, but you hop on to their website, Hawthorne.co and that's Hawthorne with an E and you take a really quick quiz and then they pair you up with a duo of scents, one for work and one for play mm -hmm. appropriately named so they match you to a scent by you tell them that you like in terms of what kind of drink you like yes, or what kind of this lifestyle. or that exactly so i will let them tell you more about it yes. but it's a super interesting concept that i've been excited for and interested in for quite a while and i'm happy to have them on the show today and with that how have you been? It's been oh, maybe what two years since we last chatted. Oh, I was God. like, I was in like California. I remember when we, I was like in a car, like driving to the airport. When we last right. chatted, and I was in. I mean, I was in Madison, so it has been a minute. I mean, I'm, but I'm in New York now. Are you in New York as well? Yeah, we're based in New York. I fully thought you were oh, LA wow. guys. Okay. So, what are you guys' roles at Hawthorne? So we do everything together. We started the company together, so we're co-founders, um, but I run the business side. So my official title is CEO, and then oh. he runs the creative and brand side. So he's the creative director. Perfect union. Yeah, it's so nice <laughs> yeah. to like not have anyone in your creative space yeah. and have them just like, you know, one person I, on the numbers, absolutely. one person on the brand. I've had yeah, so many exactly. creative ideas and I'm just like, I'm bad at money and business. So <laughs> I need, I'm gonna need that brain. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because I don't know if you know our backstory, but we've known each other for oh my God, over 20 years. No, not 20 years. It can't be. 
Um, <laughs> or almost, actually. I mean, we met in seventh grade. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So he was, he's been one of my best friends for a while. For the listeners at home who may not know, Hawthorne is a little bit more of a different concept. Can you just give the elevator pitch of Hawthorne and what makes you different? Yeah, I mean, Hawthorne is essentially an elevated, a modern retail experience for all individuals to really find the perfect product that's right for them, whether it be fragrances, whether it be for their hair, for their skin, for their face, and doing it in a, in a way that's empowering, educational, but I think also kind of just natural feeling, honestly. I don't think there's anything really natural about stepping into a Sephora, kind of being attacked by salespeople <laughs> at the right and right. walking away with really no clue of what's going on. So when you started, you started with the duos of fragrance, correct? That's right. Where did that idea come from? I, I've always found that really interesting to pair people to fragrance using a quiz. I love and a not, quiz. Yeah, and not just one fragrance. Who doesn't love two. a quiz? Yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. It was so fun. <laughs> but, but, but to pair them with a, a day fragrance and a night fragrance together. It's like work and play, right? Yep, exactly. Can you talk a little bit about that concept and just how you sort of came to it? We have a lot of questions about that. Yes. So. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope you do. I, I, I have questions to myself as well. Um, <laughs> but no, I think, I think in those initial stages when we were concepting and brainstorming and, and really trying to just gather as much data as we could just on our potential consumers, people that were kind of in the same age group as us. I think, how old were you, Brian, when we started this? Like... 20... Oh, we were babies. Oh, God. Oh, God. Early, yeah. mid-20s. So. I can't even say 20s now without yeah. cringing because oh, we're, yeah, we're, both, we're both 30 plus now. But Same. I, think, I think pretty much everyone we had interviewed at that point, we were doing these kind of like mini focus groups with companies we were working with at the time or just friends or family. There was this really funny touch point in which we actually discovered that most of these people like really were just bad at recalling the name of their fragrances. They were just kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, like I use this blue bottle on my on my bedroom shelf or I have this golden orb sitting in my closet. Like, you know, I'm like, what is yeah. it called though? Like what are what are the scent notes? Like elaborate a little bit, but to no avail really. Everyone kind of was just fixated on that one detail about it. Right. Um Didn't even ask her name. <laughs> right. It, exactly, exactly. So rude. So yeah, I mean, so I think I think that kind of set us down this road of of really trying to simplify the process, especially the naming process, and and just having those very simplistic details for our potential consumer to hold on to. It's like all they know is there's this really aspirational and comforting product that's making them feel a certain way, and that's kind of it. And mm -hmm. it hopefully looks good on their on their shelf or table or you know kind of wherever they're putting it. I think a lot of people do get overwhelmed by fragrance, especially if they're not super interested in. It, other than that, they like it. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very yeah. overwhelming. It's it's like buying wine. I think a lot of people yes. <laughs> want to think they're savants in that field, but it's really kind of just yeah, like memorizing a few different wine names for most people and just kind of going off that. Yeah, I think around the package, I'll just say we found that a lot of the people we spoke to had one, maybe two fragrances that they wore very, very regularly. And they used it mostly for a social purpose, you know, going out mm -hmm. or going on dates or, you know, on the weekends. And so for us, we wanted to make sure that one, we wanted to communicate like fragrance can be enjoyed on in every part of your life, right? Doesn't, you don't necessarily have to be going out or going to the club or anything like that to enjoy fragrance. But we also wanted to make sure that this individual wasn't wearing their like party scent 
to the office um, or wherever they worked and pissing people off. So <laughs> I, I, really... I knew that, but I don't know about other <laughs> yeah, people. Same. Like, that's <laughs> right. extremely me. Like, you kind of have to. You kind of have to, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. I, I, I always, always wondered about it. That's why we started yeah. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how you guys came up with the questions for the quiz. We started with a wide base of maybe, I don't know, like 35 or so questions and kept narrowing, kept narrowing down. So we ended up with questions such as, what's your drink of choice on a Saturday night? So asking if you prefer to drink bourbon over, you know, let's say kind of a more citrusy, lighter cocktail versus a beer versus wine, because 75% of what, you know, you smell is what you're tasting. So really driving home that real analytic and, and correlation factor to go into yeah. the quiz results. And and just to correct, 75% of what you taste uh, is actually a robot. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, I think on the science side that. of things, I wouldn't say there's any one identifier factor that really, really predicts what your scent preference is or what the algorithm does, but it's kind of the combination of things. And in a way, it's like a, it's a beautiful way of getting to know the person through a digital experience we find that our customers really like this like there are a lot of customers who end up just live chatting us or texting us and oh my god sometimes they even show up to your doorstep that actually (laughs) absolutely oh my god you guys have stalkers i'm literally moving right now because (laughs) that just keeps happening (laughs) (laughs) but but you guys were appealing to you know what the consumer already knows correct to like to pair them to your fragrance portfolio be it drink or, or taste, mm, like yes. things that they are familiar with. To Appealing bring them, to their lifestyle. Right. To bring them to a scent that they may not be familiar with. That's correct. And you're the uh, scent sommeliers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, we built, I mean, we built the quiz and the recommendation systems off of self-reported data, but it was really what the person perceived themselves as. So we get a lot of customers, for example, who say that their drink of choice is whiskey, but in reality, they drink beer most of the time. But mm. that doesn't matter because it's what they identify as, right? That's and what, f- what they see themselves as. So. That's fascinating. Oh, my God. Aspirational. <laughs> and I, I think that honestly, yeah, that ladders up into the you know, entire concept of, of fragrance, too. I think it's kind of transporting your, yourself and your persona, whether it's a higher level, you know, a lateral level, like wherever. I think it's, 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 it's very transportative, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my God. You guys could make like a matchmaking fragrance service. <laughs> but like... An actual we, we, we thought it, we thought about it actually yeah <laughs> one of the one of the original scents was almost called uh, date I think just you know keep that yeah. in your hat for the future <laughs> for your future business endeavors coming soon <laughs> right I know that Sable was pretty interested in how long it took to come up with the fragrances. Is that right? We were chatting yeah, before this. Because, okay, there's, I'm assuming like a certain set of work and play fragrances and I'm not sure if the pairs always stay together or if the pairs kind of switch off. That's such a good question. When you're launching and you're making so many scents all at once, like how do you know when you're done? Oh, it's, it's yeah. never finished, honestly. You know, <laughs> I, I, uh, we're, we're still kind of adding to the palette to this day. But I think initially, I think it's, it's kind of just trying to cover as many bases as we can to say that, you know, we can at least almost reach everybody with these different categories, both for work and play. And then from there, really, yeah, it's up, it's up to the kind of self-reported data and the algorithm to really decide what's complementary, what's not, both to your lifestyle and, and in the pairing as well. It's so funny you talk so much about data and fragrance because <laughs> like fragrance is such a feeling to me, you know what I mean? But yes. I guess for you guys, there, there are so many numbers that play into it. It's so funny because the way we approach it is very feeling based because 
in creating the fragrance, we want to make sure that we can create really inspirational formulas and fragrances that we feel just elevate your mood and, and speak to you in a different way. And I think the perfumers that we've been able to partner really closely with, particularly Olivier Gilletin and Rodrigo flores from Givadon, they're like constantly coming up with new formulas for us just on the side and be like, hey, I got like 10 new things that I think would be fun to add to the palette. And it's certainly a data side to it where we identify, hey, you know what? We have three different citrus heavy scents, but right now we're not serving maybe something more in the orange flower neroli direction, right? And so this is a gap that we need to fill. But most of the time, these fragrances are really just through a creative process between um, ourselves and the perfumers. And so it's, our creative briefs are fun. It's, they're, they're very broad and it's mostly like, oh, like we want to speak to this type of person uh, and then the perfumers would kind of go off in their in their worlds and come up with a lot of different directions and Rodrigo and Olivia have such such different I guess signatures and ways of formulating so it's always fun to see how they they translate and perceive different briefs from us so how do you give them a brief because perfumers I, I assume they have so much technical knowledge but if you're trying to translate you know a feeling or like a lifestyle, like how do you communicate that to them? Yeah. So on the brief side, I think in the industry, everyone knows it could be in any format. They could be a video, they could be one, one sentence, they could be a paragraph, they could be a PowerPoint deck. But for us, it's, it's really just through conversation. It's really just through telling them, Hey, this is what we're going for, right? Like we want, we want to create something that really like we put out a new green fragrance, right? That has a lot of interesting atypical green notes. So instead of kind of super mossy, uh, super what we call like th- what you would think of tweed, like we have more of like a fresh take on green that's not too, I would say, marine or aquatic. And we did that with green apple and some evergreen notes and such that feels a little bit maybe more modern and more with the times. And so it's really through conversation. I think the the relationship that when you can find a perfumer that understands your brand, understands your consumer, and understands you, it just becomes such a fluid and fun process. That is so fascinating to me. And how was that? How did you find the right people to bring yeah. this very unique vision to life at the beginning? I mean, for us, it was really fulfilled that when we were first starting off at Hawthorne, we looked at the fragrances that we loved just as consumers, as wearers. And we said, who made these fragrances? And I remember, ah. you know, for example, like Tom Ford Tobacco Vanille. Like we just were both fascinating with this That's fragrance. That's a good one. Yeah. And we we're like, who made this? And it was Olivier. And we we're like, oh, we need, to, we need to find a way to talk to this guy. You know, we need to find, find Olivier. And then, you know, on the Rodrigo side, I was always been a big fan of Neroli Portofino, which obviously is one of Rodrigo's biggest mm-hmm. creations. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of taken this approach to the other products that we've launched. But like find these products that, we are fascinated by and that we truly love and then find who's making them and then find a way to talk to those folks and see if we can work together. Ooh, that's a lot. How that's we get an excellent this, plan. Yeah. That's how we get guests for this podcast. Yeah. It's solid plan. So. <laughs> can I, I've been thinking a lot in the past year or two um, and I guess you guys are the perfect people to ask, what is it like selling a fragrance direct to consumer online because you guys were one of the first to do it and I know that your concept is a little more specialized but now we're seeing more and more people and brands launch fragrances without the consumer having a chance to smell them how 
has that gone for you? I mean, I think initially it was kind of this taboo concept for many people to kind of grasp. But I think honestly, it's pretty optimized for just the current way of living for most people. You know, people want convenience. They have their Amazon Primes and their caviars and they're busy. Everyone is so much more busy now and and trying to optimize for that. So I think having this kind of frictionless experience where we try to put the most confidence in in the shopping experience and, you know, give them this 100% guarantee, you know, if you're not happy with the fragrances, you know, we'll reformulate or, you know, we'll swap them out, et cetera. But I think just giving that confidence and, and coupling that with this kind of modern way of life, I think it's honestly seamless for most people. You know, I don't, I honestly can't remember the last time someone mentioned that this concept was weird or felt off or they wish they could smell it in person first because it just, it just makes sense, you know? Yeah, I guess, I guess when you think about it, you aren't just selling a fragrance, you're selling an experience, if that makes sense. Because with the quiz mm-hmm. and then the, the duo of the day and night sense, um, our work and play, pardon me, yeah. it is just more of, a, more of a whole situation than just, a, just one single fragrance. It's like the Hogwarts sorting hat. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and I, I think that goes back to the convenience factor, you know, not really having to toil away at all these decisions right. that may or may not work out. Like, you know, it honestly saves you maybe days, weeks of experimenting and, and trying to find the right scent for you. I've been through that. Brian's been through that. Everyone's been through that, I'm pretty sure. But it's most of the time a, a big waste of time. Like, you'll get home from, you know, wherever you picked up the fragrance and the top note wears off from the sample you got and and you're just all around disappointed. So mm-hmm. I think, I think, you know, really optimizing this whole experience and, and finding some source of comfort, I think for the consumer uh, is a big win. I'll also add one of the things that Phil and I built at Hawthorne was what we call the lab team. And it's kind of a different way of thinking about what you would traditionally see as like an e-commerce customer experience team they really understand not just our fragrances uh, and the formulas, but they understand the individual. So it's almost like the online experience is cool. The personal attention that you get through the retailing process is what we call it with our lab team is super fun. It's something that I think we're very proud of building. The, The entire experience, even if it doesn't go perfectly the first time, is pretty personalized to you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, I think we always envision Hawthorne, existing as this kind of uh, older friend, older sibling type figure that that you're kind of deeply connected with and always has your best interest in mind. So I think kind of starting to build that rapport just from that first touch point is, is super vital. You guys, correct me if I'm wrong, started off as a men's brand, correct? We did, we did, yeah. But recently you have, am I wrong in saying that you've pulled out of that, you've widened the scope? Well, I think at first, you know, we were super cognizant of just the lack of I guess, outlets and resources and, and honestly, just conversation happening in the men's space and men's circles, or, you know, people who identified as men, but they kind of weren't as vocal or as, you know, ostentatious, I guess, about many of these things that women are kind of more openly chatting about or talking about or trying. So Mm -hmm. we thought it was pretty imperative to kind of almost hyper direct this experience to them. And not in not in kind of that act sold spice way, but more just kind of being like, hey, we're here. This is for you. Please try it out. You're not going to regret it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think as we got kind of more and more following and as time progressed, like we just felt it really just wasn't, I guess, as apropos, you know, of the time to, to really restrict it to that. Because what we were finding, you know, we, we started having all these different customers of all these different backgrounds, gender identities, et cetera. 
and you know the the experience was truly resonating with them and helping them out so we were like hey like actually you know maybe not only this set of male consumers need this like i think it just comes down to are you an individual and do you have special traits and we're here to help you with this amazing quiz experience and help you become your best self through that process so i think truly trying to encompass all the different product, I guess, categories and, and properties that truly help everyone across the board. Uh, it was super important. Yeah. One of the things that when we approached this space, as Bill said, was we wanted to speak to a particular type of consumer that wasn't being served by the current shopping experiences that primarily sold fragrances. But fundamentally, we understood from the very start that like, there is no gender to fragrance, right? Like right. when you right. look at the fragrance wheel, yes, you can say, oh, roses are more associated with fragrances that are marketed towards women. But even in the US, like the cologne perfume monikers were completely, it was, it was an industry creation. It was a genderization of fragrances in the US market in order to sell fragrances to men through women as a gift. Right. And whoa, so, whoa. <laughs> wait, say that wait again. can you say that again? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, galaxy so, brain. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. So, when you go to other, when you go to other countries, right, it's parfum, right? That's everyone calls it that, right? Sure. And it's really only in the US market or very few markets where you have cologne and perfume, and cologne is for men and perfume is for women, right? Mm -hmm. And when you actually go back into history uh, and you actually look at the numbers around men's fragrances, the majority of men's fragrances are purchased by women as a gift for men, as opposed to marketed and sold directly to men. And so you look at this, it's, it's a genderization of an industry that is not otherwise gendered, right? It's they're, they're incredible floral notes that are very common. And if you look at Fougeres, which is probably the most common uh, men's fragrance category or fragrance category marketed towards men, it's like bergamot and lavender. And you just tell a normal guy bergamot and lavender and they're like, lavender? Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to smell like lavender. It's like, no, you do want to smell like lavender. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something that I think fundamentally we understood that fragrances were not genderized uh, and that just because we called it something or for someone doesn't mean that it's not for someone else. And so we were like, you know what? Like there's no reason to genderize uh, who we're talking to, mm -hmm. right? As Phil said, our whole experience is personal. Our whole goal was to say, let's understand your individuality and let's serve you based on that individuality. And, you know, we have beautiful floral fragrances or fragrances that, you know, have red rose and blue chamomile top notes to it as well as we have what you call maybe more masculine leaning fragrances that have red rose heart notes into it that smell, you would say maybe quote unquote traditionally masculine. And so it doesn't really matter, you know, uh, in that aspect, it's like how they work together and it's the perfumers that make that magic happen. Wow. Wow. I've bought so many men fragrance and now I feel like a sucker. <laughs> Actually I have too. Damn it. <laughs> The, the fun thing is also, I think if you look at the original formulation for Old Spice uh, as a fragrance, it was um, actually created targeting women. Hmm. And then like they've the adapted that women it. like. Yeah. Like, don't you want your man to smell like, well, you know what? This is just like another way for them to like give you the gift of manipulation. <laughs> and like micromanaging. <laughs> I actually know a lot of women who just wear the OG Old Spice. I love the smell of Old Spice. Yeah. Not on good. me, on other people. 
but that's how it as works. As an idea, yeah. <laughs> as an idea, right, as a concept. And I think uh, just some, some fun other things that I've learned, I think, in this space. You look a lot, and I won't say which, which of these fragrances, but you look a lot of some of the, like in the recent history, the top-selling men's fragrance fragrances. There's really cool stories about some of them actually being tested as or created or formulated as women's fragrances, and then them being, those fragrances being pivoted towards men. And so it's just, it's a marketing tactic and there's no reason for us to play that game because of our, our experience is personal. It's not based on gender. So. Okay. You can't just say that and not tell us which one. Yeah. You got to tell them. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. This is uh, something uh, Jivadon told me. So. Oh, they are so oh, okay. secretive. Uh, Jivadon. Actually, I know someone there. Oh, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming. For I'm gay. I can find out anything on the internet. <laughs> It's not, it's not <laughs> uncommon though, because I think in the perfumer's head, they definitely understand and especially the evaluators, right? The evaluators understand commercial viability and totally. uh, how a product is, is going to be marketed. But the perfumers don't really necessarily think often in genders, right? They think mm -hmm. in notes and categories and accords. Mm -hmm. That's going to eat away at me for I know. That's going to haunt me. It's going to keep Until me Until I tonight. discover it. It's <laughs> <laughs> So we've talked a lot about Hawthorne's fine fragrances, but I know that the brand has moved into many more categories. Do you want to talk about that for us? Yeah, I mean, I, I think ever since we kind of built out the fragrance world for Hawthorne and we saw that it was really resonating and, and really helping people get matched up with these uh, amazing fragrances that were elevating their life, their lifestyle and, and their person. We felt it was really important to expand to the rest of that lifestyle. So... I think after about two years, we started discussions of formulating some amazing body products. And, and similar to what Brian said before, it was kind of all about searching out, you know, the best labs in the country that could really bring forth the best formulas that we can deliver to all our customers. So started off with body products. So body wash that had no sulfates in it and super clean formulas, super elevated ingredients, deodorants, bar soaps. Um, and just kind of furthering, you know, this idea of just really bringing these really high quality products to whoever you may be. Is your guys plan to keep that going and expand more into the, the beauty and grooming space or even the lifestyle space as we've seen so many beauty brands do recently? Yes, but we're not de-emphasizing fragrances. I think I'll say at the core of Hawthorne, what we see as our emotional hero product it's the fragrances. And it, those are the things that really move people. They're the things that I think connect with individuals. I think the other products, we primarily focus on uh, functionality, right? And that's kind of the innovation that we're trying to bring to personal care and skincare products is a lot of these products today are sold one size fits all type of approach. And in the same way, we try to create a personal experience around fragrances. We want to serve these customers and their specific functional needs with specific formulas. And so, for example, you know, we're talking about the men's space. A lot of these personal care and skincare products formulated for men assume a couple of things. They assume they have uh, oily skin. They, they assume they have thick skin. They assume that they want to smell a certain way or they want their products to smell at all. And so, for example, I grew up with atopic dermatitis. And so when I graduated from school and was entering the workplace, I was like, you know what? I'm going to upgrade my Old Spice and my Dove and my Cetaphil and whatever. And so I bought the Kiehl's facial fuel line, uh, not knowing that it was designed for quote unquote men or what they thought men, all men were like. And it just destroyed my skin, right? <laughs> because it was a physical exfoliator there was a toner that was too abrasive that I shouldn't have been using. 
And so we wanted to create an experience similar around skincare and personal care and hair care that really focused on what are the things that you actually need so you can feel your best, you can look your best. That's kind of the personal approach we took. So we're going to continue that, but the fragrances we keep, we have, we have an exciting new formula that we'll be introducing next month in October, Ooh. actually. Ooh, um, so we're, do, we're doing it like once a season, right? Okay. So there's a, a fragrance, a new fragrance formula per season. And we kind of put it out there and let everyone know about it, tell a story around it. And then of course we'll incorporate it into our recommendation algorithm. So I love that. Cool. That's so exciting. I love the subtle Kiel shade too. Yeah. Kiel's is the gateway skincare brand for men. I know. Boys love Kiel's. They do. I will say, so there are some Kiel's products I still use, but this is just my my two cents. And it's okay. They're owned by L'Oreal. L'Oreal has plenty of money. So I don't, <laughs> yeah, they're I don't doing fine. Yeah, they're doing fine. But I would say, so Kiel's had innovative formulas maybe 10 years ago, but this the skincare industry has changed so much. Yeah. And so it's almost like the formulation has surpassed where they were and their price point is still where it used to be. Mm-hmm. And so for the for the price that you would pay for Kiehl's, you can get some stuff that is really, really good. Or for less, you can get Hawthorne, oh, totally. which is, you know, I would say much better, but you know, I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay. So as we near the end of this, just to lighten things up, what were some fragrances that you both either grew up wearing or informed your life when Mm. you were growing up? What do you look back and have, you know, really nostalgic feelings for? What is seared into your brain? Yes. (laughs) Oh man, it's, it's, it's seared for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think in college, probably that was one of my first forays into trying fragrance out. I remember I had this really good friend and he just swore by this one fragrance by Paco Rabanne, I guess. <laughs> um, it, it was oh, called, no, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. it 100 um, million or 1 million? Yeah, 1 million, God, 100 so trillion, what, what, whatever it was, right? And that, okay. Yeah. Sidebar, that to me yeah, is like a fuckboy yeah, scent. Right. <laughs> exactly. But little did I know, right. So, you know, he whips this like old bar out of his bag and he's just like, man, like, trust me, like, you know, everyone's gonna be talking to you, all this stuff and sprays it like all over me, you know, that that whole kind of fragrance shower just like dows me in it. And no one talked to me that night. It was ridiculous. You know? That's I was why. Like, I was Lies. like, what is, what is the deal with fragrances? Like, I'm not, I'm not really sold on this. So kind of went rogue after that, took a little breather. And then it wasn't until I graduated, it was kind of back in the city in the mix and, and started kind of being more interested in fashion and, and nightlife and things like that. And there was this brand, Black Denim, B-L-K-D-N-M, that was on uh, Lafayette Street. They had a store on Lafayette Street, but they made these just like incredible like moto leather jackets and suede pants, just like all this stuff, really sick line. But every time I'd go in there, it, it just smelled so opulent and comfortable and cozy and, and smoky. It just evoked this mysterious, but you know, like, yeah, cozy vibe. So um, asked around, they had this uh, cologne called, I think Black Denim 11, I think it was called, but Ooh. Yeah, since then I was I was just really hooked. It was it was almost for me like another like buying another I guess fashion accessory, you know, it was like getting a new necklace or a new shirt or a jacket. You really just wear it and it and it makes you feel a certain way. So I think that's really when that emotional aspect was was truly intertwined with fragrance for me. 
And I think from there, just trying to experiment with either different, you know, fashion brands. Like I, I've been, always been a big fan of the Combe, Combe des Garçons scents. I um, love their scents yeah. so much. So good. Yeah. And I mean, they have, I guess, kind of more mass leaning ones, like, you know, the Mantu and Amazing Green and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But they're also is actually super my favorite ex- for myself. It's incredible. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's so good. But, you know, they also go super experimental almost museum-like concepts you know mm-hmm. that they put out there some of them smell like i don't know like tar and burning metal or something yeah it's like insane, they have but, a copper one um, they just released i'm dying ex- to smell yeah it. it's it's great and actually lila bow too right right i think right before like that santal 33 mania really kicked <laughs> off like heard of it i remember yeah right right who was who she <laughs> um, I remember going to this store on Prince Street, Han Copenhagen, and I, I had a similar kind of visceral experience I experienced at Black Denim, where I was like, yo, like, what is what is this feeling and this smell? What, why does everything smell so foreign almost? I felt like I was like transported to this different place and asked the sales associate and he kind of like looked around mysteriously and kind of whispered. He's like, hey man, got this around the corner, the spot Lila Bo, like, you know, don't tell too many people about this, but it sets out 26. So it was kind of the, I guess the room spray counterpart to the 33, the skin spray. But yeah, I mean, that kind of started this uh, really fun journey and in, in just kind of, I guess, more knowing, knowing more so what resonated with me and what worked with my own body chemistry and just kind of opening those floodgates. Damn. Phil, I was waiting for the comb because when I think of comb, I think of Phil. Before we started <laughs> Hawthorne, it was like he had so many comb scents. And I was just like, it was a little too funky for me. I'm more like straight laced, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the work Phil to play. But it's funny because of our fragrance palette, I mean, we formulated today, oh man, over 20, 25, 30 different fragrances. And we try to keep it controlled. So at any given time, we'll have like 10 different work fragrances and 10 different play fragrances. But everyone knows at the company, like there are Phil fragrances and there are Brian fragrances. Uh. <laughs> yeah, to answer the question, uh, growing up, the things that are seared into my head. So I would say there's three things. There's my mom wore Chanel number no. five growing up and she still does. And that's something that is just part of my childhood. And my dad was the, the, the polo, the original polo, the green bottle, the polo. Oh, wow. Just called the polo fragrance. And so that's a dad that, like, scent heavy, for sure. Yeah, it's a, such a dad scent. 80s, musty. <laughs> yes very mossy and then in high school like i'm not gonna lie like phil and i grew up and our and our hallway smelled like axe oh, <laughs> oh my god axe and bodman it just gives me so much anxiety <laughs> oh, man. oh my god Taste it. <laughs> i gotta go i gotta go <laughs> no, for real. Um, but it's funny. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I wore X2, but everyone did. And it's one of those things Phil and I talk about. It's just like, we don't want to be the brand that X was because obviously, like, it's cringy to think about what X was back in the day. But those fragrances were popular for a reason. I mean, I know Rodrigo actually has done maybe one or two X fragrances, and he has this much smaller budget to work with. But it's uh, it's overbearing <laughs> on purpose, right? It's like very, very formalized by those big companies. But yeah, I would say my first fragrance, like in my fragrance awakening or actually my fragrance consciousness was, I'm not going to lie, my mom bought me my first fragrances just like in duty free. Of course um, she did. Oh, Ben. Yeah. yeah totally. Exactly. <laughs> my, I'm a mama's boy, right? She, 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 she dressed me with my fragrance. So it was the Hermes set, and I, I don't speak French, but it's the, the Eau de Orange Vert that I really, Oh, that's really a lovely one. Yeah, that's a That yeah. is so, wow, Mama chose well. Yeah, that's a blast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she did. And then growing up, I mean, we've already talked about it, but the tobacco vinny is something that it was my first time like smelling something and being like, 
oh my God, this is, this is something I want to shower myself in, mm-hmm. you know, this is so incredible and it makes me feel all kinds of feelings. So God, yeah. Tom Ford's scents are just so exquisite. Yeah. All of them. I mean, okay, here's one. Here's like a big question. Yeah. And like, I think you guys will have a very interesting response because, because you have a very interesting fragrance concept. And that is, what does the future of fragrance look like to you? So I think fragrance has always been a very esoteric product. And I, I use product very tactically because it's, it's certainly something that you would say maybe is in the personal care realm, but it's almost on the outskirts of it, right? It's a very lifestyle oriented product. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's a lot of work and even scientific studies, research universities, big CPG conglomerates that are really trying to understand the science and even us to an extent, right? I mean, we use data to get you the right fragrance. We don't really care so much about why certain people like fragrances. We just want to make sure the fragrance that you get is something that you love and you identify with. But at the end of the day, I think all this science and all this math and all this more kind of a granular approach to fragrances is only going to make it more personal. And so I don't think there's some point in the near future where everyone is going to have like a completely unique fragrance from a formulation standpoint, because I just don't think that what the perfumers do is magical, right? They are truly artists. They have a palette, which are the ingredients uh, that you give them, and they paint these masterpieces. And they're only going to be masterpieces if they're actually taking the time and energy and going through the process to create these fragrances, as opposed to just spinning something up to be unique for uniqueness sake. And so I think the future of fragrances will, will look certainly more personal, but I wouldn't necessarily say personalized. And mm-hmm. so just from a fragrance standpoint, I think people are going to get a lot more nuance in terms of how fragrances sit on their skin and how their body chemistries adapt, or rather the fragrances adapt to their body chemistries, as opposed to being like, oh, you know, Aqua Di Gio is an aquatic fragrance and basically it's very powerful. So everyone will smell the same, but getting more nuanced, I think with body chemistries uh, is something that I think is interesting. Hmm. And then from a discovery experience, you know, I think that's where the real fun part is, is technology and data is only going to make it easier, I think, and and bring you closer to the fragrance that's right for you. And I think at Hawthorne, that's something that we're very much focused on doing is how can we create accessibility uh, and approachability and even like inclusiveness to something that's very esoteric. So that's my, that's my answer. <laughs> I love that. That's a great answer. Cool. Shit. See, I knew, I knew you guys would deliver. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys very, very much thank for so joining much. us. Tell everyone where they can find you. We not, are not like your house you can, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've already, they've already <laughs> found your house. Please, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> we, we used to list. So Phil's apartment was the company address listed on the website. Oh, God. And then uh, we used to ship out of my parents' basement. And so this, the send to address was. So that's that's a long time ago. But everyone knows that. And so don't, please don't look it up. Um, but, um, Right now, you can find us uh, just only on uh, our website. So that's Hawthorne. So Hawthorne with an E dot C-O. So don't type in Hawthorne.com. You'll be taken to a weird website. It's like a <laughs> it's like a Christmas ornament website. Um, but Not if you're hearing us, we've been trying to buy that URL and they were giving us crazy prices. So if someone go knock on their Rude. door, and like crash. I know. Um, but yeah, Hawthorne.co. So. And Instagram just at Hawthorne. Oh, see, you got, you got the Instagram handle. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is, that is. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you. This has been fantastic. Yes. And we will talk to you soon. Peace. 
Wow. <laughs> that was that was something else. I'm super excited that we got to chat with them. I've actually, I've had all those questions for years and uh, I've, I've spoken to them quite a few times before, but um, never really like had an excuse to really pick their brains yeah. and be like, what is the reason? <laughs> but <laughs> Tell me your reason. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm now I want to like go back and smell all my Hawthorne scents They're again. great. They're I'm like, I'm, I am surprised that other fragrance brands haven't copped their methods yeah. with like the quizzes. Like everybody loves a quiz. Completely. I, I'm also super, I thought it was super interesting when you asked uh, about the future fragrance and he sort of said it was more about how the fragrance interplays with your skin and your body chemistry mm. more than it is like the scent itself. I thought that was crazy. It sounds, I know it sounds so like AI, like the personalization. I totally was just going to say that. Yeah. Wow. I don't know why in my head I was like, oh, I wonder if one day the future fragrance is like they'll make supplements that make you like sweat a certain scent. Oh my something. god, here we go again. Can we ever <laughs> can we ever get away from this? <laughs> Always talking about sweat. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Ugh. Well, I thought of that like su- that alleged sunscreen pill. Oh yeah. I I don't know, but god, the future of fragrance like what if? I know. What if you can like smell a scent through like Instagram or something? Like that's people How? always make jokes and i hate this word but about like smell vision about like yeah. <laughs> on the instagram stories but there has to be something coming don't you think there has it's to be it's like it's the futurama episode with the mm-hmm. god what was it like the smellatron the, yeah, yeah yeah but that that's what it is it's gonna happen it's gotta happen probably like with a new iphone the new uh, ios upgrade will give you smell vision <laughs> exactly it'll have eight cameras and smell vision yeah. You know what, though? I bet there will probably be some technology that can, like, I don't know, pick up a scent and then, like, tell you what the molecules are. I think they already have that, actually. We should that talk might, to... I covered this when I wrote about CK2. We should... <laughs> now we're just going into another episode. <laughs> um, there is something like that, that you put, like, <sighs> something under this little whatever the technology is. This is, like, in a lab, obviously, but... um. Oh, it's like a jar thing, like a, a jar, jar thing, yes. and and it it it's picks up the molecules of something that you cannot extract anything from. So it just like picks up the smell molecules around it. Wow. So then the perfumers can go and recreate those notes to make. I guess okay. So yeah. my the example that I had was wet cobblestones, and mm-hmm. obviously you can't get an extract an oil from a cobblestone because right. it's a rock, Mama. That's a rock. Um, <laughs> But you can put a wet cobblestone under this thing, and then that thing pulls those molecules into something that perfumers wow. can then recreate to to create a scent that smells just like that. So like dog shit. <laughs> yes, yes, Sable, exactly. That is the one thing that we're gonna run to re- recreate. <laughs> wow, that would be like a great forensics tool too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the future of fragrance. I know. So exciting. That's an episode. That's an episode for the future. For sure. For the future of this podcast. <laughs> this podcast and fragrance. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. We had a blast today, as we always do. Follow the guys at Hawthorne. It's Hawthorne with an E. Yes. On Instagram, check out their sites. DM us if you have any questions or DM them. I guess I could probably tell yeah. you better than we can. What the fuck do we know? But also, while you're DMing them, go give us a follow at smellylater.mp3. Uh-huh. Follow me. I'm Tynan Buck everywhere. I'm Sabletooth Tigra everywhere. See you next week. Smell you later. Smell you later. Love you lots. Mm-hmm.